Welcome to my Soul Life podcast. This is my playground and I'm your host, Susan Scollin. I believe that we can live a life we love every day. To do this, we have to go on a journey to uncover who we are on every layer. Join me each Monday for conversations about following our soul's calling and embodying what lights us up so we can become even more amazing people. And then later in the week, I'll be back with our Soul Life conversations where we open up and explore who we truly are to become authentically us. Be inspired. A quick reminder for you that all the information shared in this podcast is my experience and the experience of my guest. It's not medical or mental health advice, diagnosis or treatment, and I'd encourage you to seek professional advice where needed. Today, I'm chatting with Dr. Jeffrey Gross. I love fun, nerdy conversations about health and wellness, and this is definitely one of those. Dr. Jeffrey is super passionate about regenerative and anti-aging medicine, both of which are supporting us to live a health span, keeping us healthier for longer, which is what we want, right? Dr. Jeffrey is a board-certified and fellowship-trained neurosurgeon, the owner of Spine, and a regenerative medicine practice called Recelebrate. In his practice, he offers specialized precision and concierge treatment options for patients with neck and or back problems, as well as brain and head injuries. He provides a comprehensive approach to evaluating the pain generators of the spine and associated areas and digs deeper to find the source of the problem when identifying the root issues of persistent pain and injuries. Dr. Gross employs regenerative medicine and other non-surgical options first and foremost, and he's internationally recognized expert in these fields. As a leader in the field of neurosurgery and stem cell medicine, he commonly treats other physicians and many patients with severe and complex spinal problems. He continually strives to find non-surgical treatments to conservatively assist with resolution of the problems he identifies in each of his individual patients. In the event that non-surgical treatments are found to be inadequate, he approaches treatment options from a least invasive surgery first. Because of his methodology, he is frequently sought out to provide second opinions prior to many surgeries. Dr. Gross has written and spoken internationally on regenerative medicine for the spine and anti-aging, winning multiple awards, and is in the process of completing his first book, Young Again, a practical how to take anti-aging action for anybody. Dr. Jeffrey is a medical philanthropist and a perennial champion of patient needs over health insurance hassles and denials. You're going to be blown away by the benefits of the work Dr. Jeffrey is doing and how non-evasive they are. He's a massive advocate for starting small and starting with what's right in front of us, like sleep, nutrition, and limiting our exposure to toxins. Then, depending on what we need, adding in the incredible regenerative approaches he shares with us. Dr. Jeffrey and I would love to hear what you took away from this episode, so head over to my website, susanscolland.com, or Instagram, my.soul.life.podcast, and tell us. And you can reach out to Dr. Jeffrey uh, via the show notes for this episode, which is over on my website too. See you inside. Welcome, Jeffrey. It's so great to have you here, and I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with you today. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to it as well. Yes. It's great. It's great to start the new year in such a positive state, I think. Agreed. Yeah. So tell me what's something that's bringing you the most joy at the moment. Uh, well, I, ha- I am lucky to be surrounded by, you know, most wonderful loved one and family and friends. And I, I got to enjoy uh, friends close to me over the new year and, and um, they came to visit. So I, I'm blessed in that way that, uh, connecting with people and with a positive outlook has always brought me happiness. Yeah, that's gorgeous. It's lovely when we can have that community come in and, and be our loved ones and the people that we really love to spend time with. It adds so much to our lives, so much energy and joy to our lives. Agreed. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing in the world? Let's start there and then we can unpack from from there. What do you reckon? Wow. Well, uh, I feel like I'm laying down on the psychiatrist's couch to tell you, <laughs> but um, 
but uh, maybe that is a place to start because uh, I was thinking about uh, you know listening to some of your your previously uh, recorded podcasts just to get a flavor of things. Um, you know, I think I think I, I am wired in a certain way, and that wiring is in service of others. Uh, I and, and maybe it's even selfish. I, I have joy when I successfully help a patient or a client you know, reach a goal, whether it's getting out of pain or looking for something special or different than the, you know, regular institutionally driven healthcare uh, uh, options. So uh, I think where I'm coming from is a place of not giving up for people, uh, listening to people. Um, I, I like to tell students that come visit me that if you listen enough, patients will tell you what's wrong with them. Yeah. You have to listen. You can't just look at the MRI. Ask, you may have to ask some questions. You may have to organize it. You may have to help translate it from the patient's words to what your patterns and you understand are. But if you listen, you'll you'll get it. So figuring out problems, finding options and solutions, and offering someone the latest and greatest uh, uh, as an option to help them, including what I love doing now. In, in the world of biotechnology and regenerative medicine have been have been what I'm wired about most recently. Yeah, that's fabulous. And it's great that you're educating the, you know, the new doctors coming through around the fact that people know themselves better than you do because they live with themselves every day. They, yeah. It's the, their symptoms and we need to really understand them, not just not just look at a checkbox on a piece of paper. And if, if I can get on my soapbox for just a moment, you know, the, at least on, on our side of the globe, uh, you know, there's, there's this move towards what's called electronic medical record. And although it's important to keep a proper record and store it and, and follow all the rules and guidelines relating to that, uh, it's important not to lose the best patient care in a narrative, meaning checking a box, it, you know, what happens with these programs are they default to normal. So, if you walk in and you say, I'm here for a sore throat and you have a bunch of other problems, if you don't mention the problems, the software acts as if you've never had those problems. And unfortunately, there are all these inaccurate records because they're distilled down to checkboxes. And that's always given me pause. Yeah. So it's about getting to know the whole person. Is that what I'm hearing? The whole person and and not missing something, even if it's not an active issue, it could have impact on the problem at hand. Yeah, yeah. So getting to understand all of the symptoms, what else is going on for that person? Um, I don't. How deep do you go? Like, do, are we looking at nutrition as well and movement, looking at those aspects, or is it just those symptoms that are happening for that person? Well, uh, speaking personally, you know, I, I came from a very traditional medical training and um, it was more about, you know, the, what, what we're taught, you know, the, the, the physical, the psychological. Um, but now, since I've moved into regenerative medicine and anti-aging, I do spend more time on nutrition and supplementation and mindfulness and meditation and sleep and breathing and things that we really weren't trained to understand in medical school because they weren't from that Western medicine, you know, uh, reactive disease addressing science. And uh, there's so much more to it than we were taught. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that plays a part, like it's got an important role to have that disease medicine. You know, if you've got a broken arm, you definitely need some, you want somebody to fix it, that kind of stuff. But there's so much more. And this is the beauty of the work that you're doing is that it brings in all of these other modalities that can help people to heal. Thank you. Yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So can you explain what how you define regenerative medicine and anti-aging? Can you define those for us? Sure. So we'll start with regenerative medicine. You know, you, you have the word regenerate right in there. And observationally, uh, we we as humans have the ability to heal, right? You cut yourself, the, it, it will seal and, and heal and you have scar tissue, but we, we have that ability. We are self-sealing. You know, if you, rip a, if you rip a plastic bag at home, it's not going to repair itself, right? We, we have this cool ability to, to heal, you know, and, and we see that 
you know, in the superhero movies, they have nanotechnology and they can heal. Well, we have that nanotechnology in our DNA. We do. And other species have made us look at that closer. A starfish, you cut off uh, a limb of a starfish, they'll grow it back. Uh, a, a salamander's tail, you cut it off, they'll grow it back and things like this. Well, there are also other parallels in, in our own, in the human race. And that's if, if you... Um, if you take a child less than six years of age and cut off the fingertip, not that you would do that, but children happen to get into trouble and do that themselves, that will grow back. After six years, they lose that ability. So mm -hmm. there are these preserved genes that are, that are active. And I, I like to give the example, if, if you have children or, or, or you know, nieces, nephews, what have you, and, and a three-year-old is playing outside and he skins his knee on the sidewalk. And, you know, he cries, he's got a, he's, he's got a little bleeding and, you know, the mother cleans it up, you know, puts, puts some antiseptic on it, puts a bandage on it, gives it a kiss and sends him on his way. Three days later, the bandaid falls off and, and the scab is almost completely healed and gone. Three-year-old. Yeah. However, you know, me, I'm in my fifties. Uh, I bump my elbow and I've got a bruise for a week and a half. So why I've got the same DNA I had when I was three. How come I can't heal like that? And, and the answer is things change in our cells. And regenerative medicine is tapping back into that youthful healing potential. Um, that's regenerating our tissues, whether it's organs, skin, what have you. We, we can do that, but the older we get, the, the more help we need with that. And that's why there's a blend over into the anti-aging medicine, which really is uh, fostering a more youthful biology, fostering more regenerative biology, because aging is an accumulation of inflammation, of, of, of diseases of inflammation over time, whether it's exposure to toxins and oxidants and di poor diet, poor, poor sleep and poor nutrition. Um, that, that accumulation of aging causes degeneration. Regenerative medicine is the opposite. We want to regenerate, not degenerate. Yeah, that's phenomenal. And you're right. Like I, as he was talking about examples of, you know, a young child, I was thinking about my son and, you know, he, there's a couple of examples that come to mind, but one is we were on a property, like a farm property. It was nighttime. He ran into a fence, so a barbed wire fence and cut his face. Now, within a week, it was gone. There is no scarring. Um, I, of course, I used some essential oils and did, you know, a bit of that sort of support, um, but he was fine and you cannot even notice it. And so their ability, I, I see it all the time, their ability to heal versus my, or his ability to heal versus my ability to heal at 48, um, are vastly different. So I know that something's going to stay with me for at least two weeks, if not longer, um, whereas he's like done and dusted. And I'm like, how can we get more of that in our lives? So what are some of the ways that we can, yeah. <laughs> So what are some of the ways that we can get that more into our lives? Is there some things that we can be doing at home? And then what are the things that you bring into that space? Thank you. Um, so we'll start with the, the simple and free things we can all do. And, and it's really start by listening to our grandmother's advice. Uh, sleep right, eat right, breathe clean air, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, limit your exposure to environmental toxins to the extent that you can. Um, proper, proper nutrition, uh, proper enough protein. Most of us don't get enough protein in our diet. Um, you know, we, we have too many carbohydrates, uh, and, and, and even on top of that, they're refined and processed. And what's happening is we have our blood sugar goes up too much and sugar is very inflammatory and that accelerates the aging process. And um, sugar causes us to have a release of insulin. It's a hormone in our body. And insulin causes, you know, the sugar to be driven into the cells and what have you. So insulin is poorly named. It should be called the pro-inflammatory or the pro-aging hormone because that's what it's doing. So you want to limit your sugar exposure because you want to limit your exposure to uh, insulin, which therefore limits your inflammation. So that, that's simple. Uh, we want to eat more, more natural and, and whole foods and real foods, fruits and vegetables, eat our colors. I'm a huge proponent of berries that have, um, 
biochemicals that stimulate the DNA repair process, that stimulate the um, turnover and more youthful organelles, which are parts within a cell. For example, you may have heard of mitochondria, which we used to call the powerhouse of the cell, but they do so much more. Um, and, and they keep our cells operating at a more youthful state. And when they're operating in a more youthful state, um, they repair DNA better. They respond to threats better, whether it be infections or possible development of an odd cell that could become a cancer. It gets cleared out uh, by our immune system. So uh, sleep, proper rest. Our body goes through cycles called circadian rhythms. And some of those cycles go on a 24-hour cycle, light and dark. We should be not eating in the dark cycle. We should be resting. Um, and we should be awake in the light cycle. And um, plants have that. They have a light and dark cycle. And part of it is, is, is a growth and part of it's sort of a restoration. And we do that too. And if we're not sleeping properly, if we get too much exposure to electromagnetic fields and screens at bedtime, um, we're not getting that proper rest and sleep. If we have too many stimulants later in the day, we're not getting that proper sleep, restorative, restful sleep. And our body and our cells need that. In fact, if you're trying to go through some weight loss uh, to remove fat tissue, and fat is inflammatory tissue, um, you know, sleeping is when some is, we do shed some of that because we really we're not storing during sleep, we're, we're flipping our metabolism into a, a burning mode. Yeah. Um, so we say we got sleep, we got nutrition, we got exposure or lack thereof of environmental uh, issues. Um, I think breathing is prop is important. Uh, in the last 10 years, we've discovered, I say we, but my colleagues have discovered that there's actually additional immune tissue in the lining of our lungs. Um, if we don't fully breathe, like full deep yoga breaths, inspiration and expiration we're not using the full volume of our lungs and if we're anxious we only have that sort of partial lung use that 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 high rate low volume breathing that that is very bad for our immune system it is it, it begets more anxiety because of how it stimulates the nervous system so i think proper you know take a break slow down Breathing and that leads to mindfulness uh, and and meditation and really turning off the brain. If you're not sleeping properly and the brain is not fully off, you you wake up wondering, oh my gosh, I've got so much to do tomorrow and I've got this, you know, this bill to pay and this and and we're not getting that restorative sleep. The body needs that to reduce its own inflammation. And then and then probably the last thing that falls under I'll call the you know the first bucket of things you could do at home would be would be proper supplements um, because our diet is manufactured. You know, we're not all, you know, eating uh, free range, you know, farm grown vegetables and, and, and meats and things. Um, we're really not getting all the nutrients that come from the earth. And, um, you know, we start with vitamins and most of us don't get enough vitamin D. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, as, as you may have followed some of the, Things in the last few years regarding COVID, vitamin D was associated with uh, if you took it, if you supplemented, a better outcome. Uh, so we know that vitamin D is associated with longevity if you supplement. We also know that vitamin D is associated with a reduction in all-cause mortality, meaning all causes of death are reduced in in people who take vitamin D. They live longer, therefore. Um, so, and vitamins are just an example. There are other supplements that, that uh, you know, uh, minerals, zinc, and, and other things. And, you know, we could go on and on. And, but I do want to include in that group um, the, the probiotics. Um, you know, as children, you know, at least where I grew up, you know, we didn't have screens so much. So we played outside. We played in the, on the ground and in the dirt. And we got soil in our hands and they got, it got into our mouths. And we had bacteria living in us in a symbiotic way and we provide them a home, a place to live and reproduce. And they process certain biochemicals for us to enhance our nutrient supply, enhance our digestion and enhance our anti-inflammatory status. And a lot of neurological diseases uh, are, are found to be related to 
improper gut microbiome or bacteria in our gut. So I'm a big fan of probiotics for that reason. Yeah, I'm a big fan of them too. They, they're they're amazing. <laughs> um, but with the supplements, and I just think I just want to remind everybody, it's important to not just self-diagnose, actually go and get some blood tests, actually speak to a professional about what do you need versus what, you know, what we can tell you to actually take. You may not need them. Your vitamin D might be great, but your zinc's not great. So go on, you'll need a zinc supplement versus a vitamin D supplement. So making sure that people actually go and get the proper advice. And I use a naturopath to do that. Like that's my preferred method, but you can do it in so many different ways. Yeah. Good advice. Yes. <laughs> I just see it too much. And I've been a proponent of that as well around just self-diagnosis. Oh, I'll just take this. It'll be fine. That'll do the trick, but it doesn't actually. And then we've got to have a look at what's the role that it's playing in other parts of our lives. You know, is there other things that I could be doing, like just getting out in the sun and having five minutes in the sun at a time of day that's optimal for, you know, not getting sunburnt and all the things. But that could be a way to get more, more vitamin D into your life. Or someone, uh, the naturopath said, putting mushrooms out in the sun just for five or 10 minutes before you eat them helps the synthesis of vitamin D in your body. So just things that you don't know because I didn't know them either. So just simple stuff. Yeah. Very good, yes. So then if we're doing all of those simple things, what are the, which we can do at home for free, we're already buying food and groceries, we're moving our bodies, we're doing all of that. What are the things that then you can value add into that space through regenerative medicine? Right. And before I, I jump into that, I, we said the last part was free, but it, to be clear, supplements do cost money. We do, but, but it's worth it. I mean, the prevention is worth uh, a lot more than the cure. So, Correct. so that's a, that's an investment. <laughs> And it, it's an invest, I think, so it's not free. That's right. It's same as food. You're still spending money anyway, but it's like you said, an investment in your health, which then drives down the cost of healthcare to you. So there's actually a value, value add there and you're not spending. It's not just I'm on my soapbox around the cost of um, that healthcare, i.e. physical money but it's your time and it's the lost, you know, ability to go to work or lost ability to play with your kids or going for those, you know, going for a walk or whatever that might be. So it's actually, it's actually giving you more time back. I couldn't agree more. Well said. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, But the, but the other part of your question is, uh, you know, what, what, what's out there, what other options exist? And uh, there are two main buckets there that, the first, the first of those buckets would be what I call biohacking, and and I do participate in some biohacking groups uh, in North America. Uh, I know they're in other places of the world, and these are groups that are trying different things that are out of the box to improve one's health and health span. And I and and your audience may already know, but longevity is a measurement of age and years, whereas health span is a measurement of healthy age in, in, in years. Uh, and there are other measures of age we might get into in a bit, if you like, but um, uh, we're looking for healthy, healthy long years, because you don't, if you're, if you're going to live to be a hundred, you don't want to spend the last 20 of them, you know, fe- uh, you know, frail and feeble and unable to get around without help. And perhaps in some type of nursing facility, that's, those aren't fun years. So, we want people to fill their lifespan with health and have a health span. So um, this group of biohackers does anything from a list of hormetic activities. And the word horm- hormetic or hormesis means to place a slight stress on the body to improve the body's health, but not too much stress to harm it. Mm-hmm. And let's give you a basic example of hormesis. Exercise. Weight-bearing exercise stimulates muscle growth and bone um, density. Both of those things are associated with longevity and with health span. Um, exercise is stressful, so it may it may hurt the next day, or it may be exhausting, but it does in ultimately improve the body's cells and tissues. Some people use hot sauna. Uh, there, there are wonderful studies, uh, the, the most notable ones from Finland, uh, of, of the hot sauna use and the increase in temperature, significant temperature, 
makes people uncomfortable. It actually stimulates the release of uh, what are called heat shock proteins. And these are survival proteins that, that are given off and that stress to the body is actually has a healthy benefit. People do cold plunges. That's another version of hormesis. And, and there, there are others. So, so these, these uh, on purpose stresses can be helpful. There are also some pharmaceuticals. Now I'm not a big pharmaceutical proponent. The goal here is to prevent problems, uh, not, you know, be dependent on drugs because unfortunately the Western model is, is disease and a chemical, uh, uh, dealing with the symptoms or the blood tests. And, and that's not what we're going for here. However, there are biochemicals or modified biochemicals that fall under the pharmaceutical uh, range of things that have longevity properties. Uh, for example, mitochondrial support supplement called NMN uh, is out there. Uh, it's controversial now in the United States because of uh, some business issues, it sounds. Uh, there's also something called rapamycin and rapalogs, uh, which is basically something found in the soil that was initially used as an antibiotic from um, the uh, Easter Island, or I think it's called Nui Nui, if I'm correct. And um, th this medicine activates certain uh, pathways and suppresses other pathways in the cell that promote longevity as if uh, you are doing some of these hormetic activities. So it almost mm -hmm. simulates exercise in a way. Um, and uh, that's very popular. Rapamycin you can obtain online um, and, and molecules like it. Um, people use metformin. I'm one of them. Um, I don't have diabetes. Metformin is derived from a plant. Uh, it's now a generic pharmaceutical in the United States for the treatment of type 2 diabetes to reduce the exposure to blood sugar, which we mentioned earlier. We always want to lessen our exposure to that. So people take it because it does have anti-aging properties because the less sugar your cells are exposed to, the less insulin response you have over each day and week and month and over your life, the longer you will live. So that's most likely its mechanism in its anti-aging. And then the other bucket is regenerative medicine, which is actually using your own cells and taking them and making them work more like when they were youthful, when they were the three-year-old who could, who could, you know, recover from the skin knee or the barbed wire cut on the face. Um, and this involves, uh, there are three different types. There's, there's the most basic level called PRP, which is where blood is drawn. It's spun down in a centrifuge and, and the middle layer is pulled off. And there are some growth factors that can be concentrated and delivered back. That usually requires uh, multiple treatments. And it's usually for something involving the musculoskeletal system, like a tennis elbow. <clears throat> Excuse me all this talking. Yeah. Uh, so um, now I'm, it's, that works in the right setting. It's helpful, but um, there, are, there are better things in my mind because uh, even though I have growth factors that can be concentrated for my body, uh, those are old. Uh, my cells are a little older and, and, and not as giving off as many growth factors. I'd like to, what's the next step? Let's go up the elevator and see what's in the second floor. The second floor is be stem cells. And we have stem cells circulating throughout our body, mostly housed in our bone marrow. Mm -hmm. And those cells give rise to other cells. And with age, our stem cells can get sleepy and become dormant and less useful. And that's why we don't heal like the three-year-old does. And, and they can be activated, however. The problem with stem cells is... If you take them from, from an old person, um, they have older characteristics. Mm -hmm. And even though there are benefits from using them in many different areas, and the literature is just robust now with these things, mostly out of, out of Europe and South America and China, the U.S. is slow in this area. Um, but uh, these cells can, can help when they're concentrated down. But an even better source of these cells comes from perinatal source, the most youthful stem cells. And perinatal means around the time of birth. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's this myth that there's something unethical about that, but these come from, at least in the United States where I get them, 
these are come from consenting uh, and screened mothers who are delivering by C-section, cesarean section. Um, and, you know, here's, here's your baby. Congratulations. Great job. By the way, all this amniotic fluid and placenta and umbilical cord that we were normally going to throw away, can we keep it, please? And mm -hmm. that's where it comes from. And it's processed and screened and kept sterile. And, and, and the stem cells... Uh, are the most youthful uh, types. So I'm, I'm a bigger fan of those. And then the, the last group, the, the third floor, the, the penthouse group is uh, not just the cells, but there are smaller signaling particles given off by cells that communicate with their neighboring cells called extracellular vesicles, or for short, exosomes, E-X-O-S-O-M-E-S. And exosomes uh, from a stem cell can stimulate old sleepy stem cells and, and my own cells to act youthfully, to regenerate, to program more youthfully. And um, the reason why I like exosomes is I can, I can concentrate those down and give a more significant dose than I can with a dose of stem cells. Plus they're small enough that they can cross into the nervous system. So people who are recovering from stroke, have Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, other neurodegenerative or neuroinflammatory problems. Um, and there isn't even some wonderful work in, in uh, uh, autistic children that um, these, these exosomes can be given uh, intranasal and, intra and or intravenous and get into the nervous system, get into the brain, which the stem cells cannot, they're too big. Mm. So that's sort of the the Rolls Royce now of regenerative offerings. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Like I've heard about stem cells, you know, my mind when I think about that goes to Christopher Reeves and Michael J. Fox. There was a lot of promotion of use of stem cells for, for the challenges that they were facing or are facing. Um, but there's obviously been so much growth. And the idea that, you know, a mother that's had a C-section could then give up you know, the placenta and the amniotic fluid to support other people. Like that's just another way of giving blood effectively. You know, we, we give blood to help others that need it. This is just another way of doing that and doing it at the, the forefront, i.e. when you said before, you know, we talked about that three-year-old that's being able to regenerate parts of their bodies or, you know, heal really quickly. You're doing that right at the beginning of that birth which is, I think, you know, my mind just goes, that's really beautiful. And then that can then help regenerate somebody else's life as well. So with the um, exosomes, did I get that right? Exosomes? Yeah. <laughs> um, where did, and I might have missed it, where did they come from? How do you get access to those? They, they come from the same perinatal tissues. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, the tissues are concentrated and also spun down and, and, so that's why we can give a more significant dose, a mm -hmm. dose response, um, because you can only concentrate cells, you know, so much. We we can we can take the amniotic fluid and, and concentrate it down even more. Yeah. So we get we get quite a significant um, uh, delivery, and and it's not uncommon for me in a single dose to give four hundred billion exosomes. Wow! And can you? How many would we have in our bodies anyway? Like. Got well, our exosomes from cell to cell are not giving great signaling. They're getting they're giving uh, forty year old signaling or fifty year old signaling, but um, <clears throat> we probably have many more than that. Yeah. Um, but but um, you know, I, I don't know, but I would say the, a donor might might be able to give ten doses worth once you concentrate it down. So you think about a large volume of amniotic fluid and floating proteins and growth factors and cells, and this is like. PR, the Ferrari of PRP, you know, and it yeah. just, it's the gift that keeps on going. Yeah, that's cool. And it's great that it goes into the brain as well. Like it can do that healing, which, you know, hasn't been done before. And there's so much, yeah, there's so much that we don't know about the brain. Um, I know there's a lot of work being done in that space, but it's still an evolving space because as you and I both know, at one point we the belief from scientists was our brain was fixed, but we know that it's not. And so, yeah, being able to heal in that space is going to be really transformative. So what are some of the benefits that you're seeing people receive from 
doing these sorts of treatments? Well, um, we have a couple different groups of patients. I, I think the the easiest to measure group would be the people who have some type of musculoskeletal pain. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> so these are people who might have a knee problem or um, shoulder problem, and it might be a, re a reduction in the cartilage size or a tear, uh, a little um, inflammatory change of the joint, also known as osteoarthritis. So these are people who can have local injections into that area, and they tend to have reduction in pain and inflammation quite rapidly. And in some cases, we've demonstrated actual return of cartilage over a year. So we have, uh, you know, patients that, that were so interested, they went back and repeated an MRI, uh, you know, 12 months after uh, delivering exosomes. And we've actually seen return of cartilage. So we know, like a starfish can regenerate its limb, we can regenerate parts of ourselves. We know this. The liver regenerates. We we turn over skin cells all the time. We you know the lung tissue is is regenerating. And just like you said, we used to think the brain is fixed. Well, with the right help, we may have promise in return of of certain functions or or, or improvement in functions. And, and you're right, this does come when stimulated by the notoriety of the devastating injury to Christopher Reeves and, you know, the Parkinson's uh, syndrome um, of Michael J. Fox. And, and, you know, 20, 25 years ago, this, this really got started. And only in the last five or eight years has it really been something we're, mm -hmm. we're, we're using on so many different things. But, but I, I think that the orth, I call it the orthopedic of the musculoskeletal group is, is probably the, the easiest to measure. The second group are people who have a specific either diffuse ailment like an arthritis or a Lyme's disease or some type of pro-inflammatory problem that we're trying to suppress the inflammation. And the exosome signaling does assist with that meaningfully. And some of those people might have uh, organ issues. I have, I have one woman who comes in, she has a uh, declining kidney function and she wants to avoid dialysis which you know you have to do two times a week uh for the rest of your life so we've been able to keep her from having to go to the dialysis clinic uh through mm. the exosome so she we watch her blood tests when the blood urea nitrogen which is the one of the measures of uh, you know, the kidneys are not releasing all the waste to the urine uh, then we, we give her an IV and we bring it back down into a, a functional range. Uh, and then the last group is uh, back to the biohacker group, the, you know, the cool kids. They, they want the anti-aging properties. They want to start earlier, like, like in the cosmetic crowd, you know, there, there is a school of thought that uh, if you start having some Botox before you develop the deep burrowed wrinkles, you prevent them from ever getting that deep and fine. There's some legitimacy to that. Well, the same thing applies to suppressing inflammation in the body in a regenerative way early on. The earlier you start, the, the longer those benefits will last, just like having a healthy lifestyle through the free stuff, the, the diet, the exercise, and the not-so-free supplements. Uh, you know, the earlier you start that, the, the more impact will have for the longer longest period of time. So mm -hmm. there are a group of people who come in for the anti-aging hacking. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's good that they can like, they're playing around with it. And I know they're doing a lot of promoting of what they're doing. So there's, they're talking about it out there. So there's lots of different podcasts and people can get into to, to hear more about that sort of stuff. Um, and as you said before, they're looking at their health span. So you know, if you want to live to 100, you don't want to spend the last 20 years of your life struggling uh, with health conditions, which tend, based on what I've read or understood, it starts small and it just starts to increase to the point that your life doesn't look like it used to look like um, and you probably can't move as much and you're having bowel problems or you've ended up with, you know, significant cancer that's, you know, maybe being small, you had cancer, you've recovered from that, but now it's getting worse. Um, and those sorts of things. So you mentioned before around um, the measurements of Asian aging. I did. Different types. Do you want to 
for bringing me back to that. Yes. Yeah, so, so, you know, we, we've always measured age and time because we're sort of wired that way as, as creatures. Um, you know, we measure, you know, day and night and lunar cycles and solar cycles, and, and we know what a year is and a decade. But as it turns out, if, if you look at, uh, you, you could take two 75 year olds, put them right next to each other. And one may be playing tennis and active and, and, you know, positive. And one may be frail and, and elderly and, and, and looks and feels that way, but they're the same temporal age, the same, they were born, born on the same date. Yeah. Uh, and why, why are they so different in their biology or their physiology? Mm-hmm. Well, that's an accumulation over time. Right. And, and we can measure that now. There are a number of different what are called biological age tests, and they correlate well, meaning one isn't any wonderfully better than any other. And they measure markers and changes in the molecules in the cells that occur with age. So um, if those changes are occurring on the biochemical and cellular level quicker, then we can measure it. And you might say, okay, I'm 40 years old on the clock, but you know, I, I drank too much and I smoked and I worked at an oil refinery and um, I eat pizza every day uh, instead of vegetables, then there's nothing wrong with pizza and I, I have my days too. But, yeah. but, we have, but uh, these, these people, their biological age test may say, you, this, you look like a 60-year-old in your biological age test. So that could be – and then a person like this could – um, and these can be a blood test or a nasal swab. There are a couple of different me- mechanisms and methods. This person could, could institute a whole set of lifestyle changes and six months later do that test again and see that, no, I'm down to 53. I've made some improvements. So this is called epigenetics. Genetics are the DNA that we have, and that's hard to change, although not impossible now. Um, but epigenetics means which of these genes are actively being used? And which are blocked, and um, what genes are being exposed and useful change depending on our diet and our sleep and all those things we listed that our grandmother told us about. Mm-hmm. So that's lifestyle, and that's you know intention to make to be healthy and act healthy, and, and that's a whole program of anti aging. We call it epigenetics, and turns out that might be the most significant majority of how fast we age biologically, mm. not so much our genetics. So just like you said, well, we used to think the brain was fixed. Most, most people we were trained, well, you know, you, you were dealt the hand you got, these are your genes. That's true, but there's so much you can do to impact how those genes are used or not used. Yeah. Yeah. We have the power. And I think a lot of us, well, we've been taught to believe that we can't make those changes, but we actually can. We can. Yeah. And there's lots of information out there that people can tap into. Um, A couple of things that come to mind are the Blue Zone books so that people can look at longevity from that perspective and what those those people eat and what their lifestyle is. Um, There's a series called Limitless by um, Chris Hemsworth, which is on the Disney Channel here in Australia. What are some of the other resources that people can kind of dive in to just have a look at where, you know, how this is playing out? I'm so sorry. If you have some patience, um, I'm working on a book called Young Again, which will lay all this out uh, from from the scientifically, you know, rigorous down to the the digestible uh, nuggets of information. Um, uh, it'll all be there. Uh, there are other books uh, that have come out recently uh, on, on explaining anti-aging and, and health and, and also uh, how to, it's a how to guide, you know, make it simple because if it's too difficult, we're not going to do it. But, you know, a lot of the resources on social media uh, have been great. So I follow on Instagram and TikTok now. Uh, I, I know I don't look young enough to be doing that, but I, I do. And, I, and I, I try to put tidbits out myself on TikTok. If you follow us, you can, fo- you can see some of that. And maybe in the end, uh, I'll be happy to give you uh, 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 that information. But, the, um, you know, brief, you know, it's make baby steps, anti-aging tip 
for the day today. We did the whole thing on vitamin D on TikTok. Um, we have uh, days we talk about probiotics and, and little things like that and yeah. mindfulness, uh, yoga, uh, you know, stretching. Stretching pulls on the mechanoreceptors of the joints and, and it stimulates the bone marrow and the stem cells in the bone marrow. And I think about the things we ate that our grandmother made us when we were ill, uh, chicken soup. Chicken soup comes from chicken stock. The stock comes from the bones. The bones have the marrow and the exosomes. We're getting those exosomes. People eat bone marrow. It's a delicacy. It's also very healthy. Uh, bone broth. These things have rich in exosomes. We're really, we should pay attention to these things because we've known this all along. Bless you. And the, uh, uh, you know, the other resources, um, uh, I'm, I'm very interested now in uh, glucose. You may not be old enough, but about 25, 30 years ago, there was a book called The Beverly Hills Diet. And it had to do with eating certain foods in certain orders so that, so you could lose weight. Uh, it was the fat of the time. However, I follow a couple people on, on social media, on Instagram, one called Glucose Goddess. And, and she has shown how through her glucose monitor, so she, she wears a glucose monitor that a diabetic might wear, but she wears it for the, for the pursuit of biohacking. Uh, if you eat uh, a piece of pineapple, the blood sugar spikes because it's got fructose, it's got sugar. But if you eat some hummus and carrots first and then the pineapple, it's not as big a spike. So there's a lot we're learning about how we should be eating. Maybe there's a reason why salad comes before the main course. Yeah. And the dessert is last. Yeah. Right. So you see these t-shirts, you know, eat, eat dessert first. Your life is short. It will be short for you (laughs) (laughs) because your blood sugar will spike more than if you have dessert after the meal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, but a lot of it comes back to listening to our bodies too because our body's talking to us all the time. So the biohacking is like wearing the glucose monitor, whatever it might look like for you, is information and then it's around that application of that information. But if you kind of look at your own self, like if you've eaten a lot of processed food, say you do that for a week, you're going to feel like I, I do. I feel like shit. I feel like crap at the end. Whereas if I eat those whole foods and come back to, you know, how my mom or my grandma cooked, you know, where we didn't have the GMOs in there, it was organic. And I put that in inverted commas because there were, we weren't spraying pesticides on things back then. So I feel so much better. I feel lighter. I feel happier. And then adding these tools on top of it can help. Uh, agreed. And people that already have an inflammatory problem, a syndrome um, more sensitive to gluten uh, uh, or Lyme's disease, those people will tell you any meal will throw them off. Like mm. they really have to eat clean because they're more sensitive to it. So we should take a lesson from them. They've suffered for us. We should take a lesson. <laughs> and you're 100% right. And and I feel it too. If I eat too much crap or if I had one additional adult beverage more than I should have. Uh, I do, I do not feel good. I, you know, what did I do? Why did I do that? You know? Yeah. So getting agreed. curious. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, before I get into the wrap up questions, is there anything else that you'd like to add? No, I, I obviously I'm very animated and I appreciate, uh, you know, talking with you again and, and I, hopefully we, if we help one person give a new idea to fix something that's they're struggling with, then we've done some good today. And I, I enjoy it and I'd be happy to answer questions for you or anyone in your audience. They can reach out to us. And I, I just, I, it's the nerd in me, but I, I love to talk about this. So thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's been fabulous. And I think it's an opportunity for people to learn and grow on a different level as well. And having a look at it from the science perspective, do you know what I mean? That's what you've brought to us today. So, and in the pre-chat, you were asking about how can I serve them? How What can I do for those people? How can I impact them and give them information that would really help and you've done that today so i really appreciate you thank you so you're welcome so i'm a massive believer in self-love and it's been a cornerstone to my journey and some men prefer the word self-care so i don't mind which way we go (laughs) so as my husband said he has a very different definition of what self-love is to to what i think (laughs) self-love is but what's something that you do for self-love um so i I, uh, I really enjoy yin yoga and it's my time for me to 
physically loosen up, but it also loosens up my, my brain and my mind. And I, I can handle, I, after that class, I can handle whatever else there is out there. I need to take care of it. It just changes me. So, uh, that's my, um, strategy tip for my self-love and I'm not afraid to say (laughs) self-love. Excellent. Thank you. It's so beneficial on so many different levels. It's lovely. Um, And of all the information that you've provided us today, myself and the listeners would take one thing away, implement it in our own life in service of you. What would that be? Um, Start simple and take baby steps. Um, You know, I, I do anti-aging consultations for people and I say, okay, let's start you. I used to, okay, here are 20 supplements we need to get you going on. And I found that didn't work. Okay. Here are the three we're going to start with, get you used to those three. And we'll build on that because it's just, it's too much all at once and people will become non-compliant. Yeah. So take baby steps in your life and they become habits easily. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I had an example of that where I was on some supplement. Oh, I had a whole pile of supplements and I went, I'm not taking them. I need to start taking them. But I just did one a day and then added one, you know, in a week's time. So then it was two and then it was three. And it doesn't have to be all or nothing, I think is the message that we're trying to say. Yeah. So tell us specifically what are you doing in the world and how can people reach out to you? Well, I my most fun thing in the world is to is to see people one-on-one whether it's by zoom like this or in the office here i'm i'm calling you from from las vegas nevada us um and i spend most of my time here and uh this is sort of the base of operations now so um but i enjoy meeting and connecting with anyone from wherever so uh we enjoy that it's not a problem um, and when we deal with the individual, we can be more precise and that's what we call precision medicine. We can, we can talk to you about your issues and your, your problems, because that might be different than someone else with similar symptoms, for example. Uh, and you can reach out to us. We're on all the fun social media channels. Our name is Recelebrate, uh, because we are, are telling ourselves to start over again and to, to conjure regenerate. So you can find us at R E C E L L E B R A T E. And we're uh, again, uh, TikTok, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, okay. website, just reach out. Uh, we'd love for you to follow us. We have fun and entertaining uh, tidbits every day, almost every day on the, on the channels and send us a message through those channels and we'll message you back and, and, and it'd be great to connect with anyone or if you've got a family member that needs some help, uh, we'd be happy to talk to them. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much, Dr. Jeffrey. I really appreciate your time today. Appreciate all the information that you've provided and the work that you're doing in the world. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today and I have a couple of small favours to ask. If you love this episode, please share it with someone you love and you know the episode will resonate with. Also, to help spread the word about my podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave me a review. I love hearing your thoughts about my podcast and what's resonating with you. Plus, it helps us share my podcast with the rest of the world, which is amazing. Finally, thank you so much for being here. I'm super grateful for you and I'm truly honored you've spent your time with me. Let's keep rising. Let's keep growing because it's totally possible to live a life you love every day right where you are. See you in the next episode.